Well, welcome to Do Not Listen to This Podcast. I'm excited for today's episode. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? I am Tamika Sears. I'm an executive coach and founder of Sears Coaching. I do coaching and HR consulting. And Tamika is one of my favorite people. We met when she came, when we were shooting the Bobby Gilles <laughs> in Vegas. So we've, uh, we've met basically, and I just, she's just wonderful. So don't forget to visit Do Not Listen to This Podcast. Support uh, straight cats and dogs, feeding straight cats and dogs. That's what we do. Okay, but the, today we're going to talk about leadership, creativity, and business growth in a very interesting topic of how people, businesses, need to begin to have healthy conversations around race. And uh, so you, why don't you start... <laughs> and I will jump in and we will, you know, we will keep this serious, but also we will try to point out the kind of the problems people. Right. Make, right. Right. Let's talk about why it's important for leadership, why it's important for business growth, and maybe some creative ways for people to get into this conversation because it has to happen. It absolutely has to happen. And right now it's not happening for a lot of different reasons. Um, number one reason being, you know, white people's discomfort yes which we have to get past because there's no reason why someone's discomfort with the topic um stops it from 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 happening stops the conversation from happening completely right but it's one of the same things that you see where someone someone has a, a bad performer and they just don't want to talk to them don't want to address it you know it's it's along that same that same vein people right. just put off the things that they don't want to deal with but it's time, time to rip off the Band-Aid. The conversation has to happen. Long overdue. Don't understand why it's still a problem, but it is. And it probably will be a problem for many more decades to come. Yeah, I hope not, but you are probably correct. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm trying to help solve right. is leaders becoming comfortable having this conversation and other conversations that they're avoiding. Because yeah. if they continue to do this, businesses, they won't grow. They'll go the way of the dinosaur. Right. And I think one of their delusional ideas is that they don't have, that they shouldn't have to have this conversation. It's like, well, but yes, you should. Right. You right. absolutely should because it is different and it's hard. And I think you're right about the uncomfortable part. You know, I think, and white people have to learn how to have this conversation without being defensive. Yep. And without, um, trying to change the conversation away from what the issues are. So let's, yes. let, let's keep it a little bit in the pocket of business. Let's, what, what tends to be the core issues around race from a black perspective? Mm -hmm. I can't speak to that. Uh, <laughs> you can. What, what, what tends to be the major things? So I'll give you I'll give you an example of a conversation that I had with a leader that was just very off-putting. So I was working for an organization that decided that their way of increasing diversity at leadership levels would be to make sure that every leadership um, interview had had a, a diverse slate of candidates. So it had to have at least one person of color, at least one woman, at least one um, LGBTQA. So they, they decided those people are going to be the, the, the candidates that they would interview. Right. A couple problems with that. 
Um, number one, the same people kept getting tapped on the shoulder for interviews for jobs that they didn't get, right. but they were fulfilling the requirement of having a diverse slate. And two, there were managers that weren't on board with that. Sure. But sure. they just kind of went ahead with it. So there was a manager in HR, a white male, who said that he did not see color. He did not see the point of doing this. And the best person should get the job no matter what. So tons of, tons of issues with that. Number one, I don't see color as completely problematic because basically what you're saying is you don't see me. Well, that, I am a person of color. You're bringing up a very interesting point. It's the first thing they teach you in international business relations is that when you use the phrase, I do not see color, you're actually, it's racist. It's right. Of course you see color. Right. <laughs> you know, right. You'd be blind, right? So it is a way to, it, it's a way to completely have this delusional conversation of, I don't see color. Well, if you don't see color, right. if you're colorblind, okay, you don't see color. That's it. That's the right. only possible. So yeah, I, I agree. So there's, there's this feeling that they're kind of like rising above the conversation when really all they're doing is, <laughs> is putting someone else down. They're, and they're, like, they're going below it. <laughs> they're going, right. they're, they're, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not a rise above. I also, when you, when I was listening, I took a note and, about that kind of approach is, is that the what I hear in that is that then it just becomes a a, a box of checklists. Yes. Yes. And that just becomes uh, that that in and of itself becomes the system that becomes a problem. Right. Yeah. So it's you, you're putting something in place that you think is going to be solved, but it's actually deepening the Makes problem. The problem co compounds it. Yeah, that's right. 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 Because then you just have some tokenized employees that then become disgruntled because they keep interviewing for these roles that they don't get. Um, yes. I, I think for all uh, people of color or even for any kind of minority, I think oftentimes it's a double bind for them. Right. If they advance, everybody says, well, you advance because of that. Exactly. Which is exactly. not the case, you know what I mean? It's like, that's not the only reason they advanced, you know? And right. so I think it becomes harder for, and then also too, um, whatever categories got beaten out, they feel like, well, you know, I was passed over again. It becomes a kind of a okay. situation across the board. So how, and that's, I think the challenge is, is accepting that most of these situations are going to be no win. Right. And it's, it's one of the things where, you know, once you get up to a certain level of leadership, right. As a person of color, you want to be able to then help out other people of color, right. mentor them and, and help them grow and help them develop. But right. then there's a, that other piece that says, if you, if you do that and it's very visible, then people just think, oh, she's just going to fill this leadership team with, with people of color. She's just going to do this, you know, because she's a, a black woman. Right. And it's, that goes for, for women, that goes for people of color. Like it's, there's that thought process of this person is then going to, you know, it's kind of like they feel like it's like a roach infestation or something is what it feels like to me when people have that, that point of view. Yeah, that search for similarity also is the problem. Um, and that's the, that's from a, from a white male perspective. You can almost say to them, well, everybody around here is white male. So you've already right. you've already built your search for similarity issue. You don't have right. any, you don't have females in here. You don't have people of color. You don't have any. You know, that's the problem. Right. No diversity within that. If there's not diversity within the C-suite, if there's not diversity within the boardroom, 
how then can you get diversity within the workforce unless that's just the, that's just the show, you know? Oh well, we have diversity in the workforce, so we don't need it. So, because right? people will say, oh, we've got a very diverse, you know, staff, right. but yet their entire leadership team is, you know, just white males or maybe a white male and three white females. And like, oh, we're super diverse. Yeah. And I think what happens with, and, and I, I'm a white male, so I can, I, I can speak on behalf of them. Um, I don't represent all white males, of course, but <laughs> um, I think white males end up getting defensive. When they don't need right. to be, it's like, look, right. this is what I say to people. It's like, you don't need to be defensive. Look, you can't do anything about being a white man. Right. But if everybody in your office is white male, you can't tell me you don't know that that's, that's you have to know that's a problem. But sometimes they don't. I have spoken and they to don't. people they don't. and they don't think that it's a problem. And, they, and, I, and what I say to them is, um, it's probably not going to be a problem for you until it is a huge problem. Because right. they are going to do something that is going to be incredibly offensive or put out a product that is just absolutely horrible because they didn't have anyone in the room to say, this doesn't make sense to do. So from an HR perspective, you know, you, you have a great HR background, background. What do you think is more of an issue? The issue of race or the issue of gender? As a, so as a black woman, I will say that I think that the issue of race is a bigger problem. Gotcha. Because as a black woman, I can tell you that there are, that white women are probably a bigger impediment in the workforce to black women than, than white men. Really? Yeah. Hey, can you, uh, I, uh, let me be a fly on the wall. <laughs> well, Look here, I want to hear this perspective. Now I will say this. I helped play a role of getting some of the first female radio executives in. And I did see that they were harder on the other females. They did not want the other females. We saw that. So that was bizarre, right? And it wasn't everybody. I mean, it wasn't everybody. It was enough that it was an issue you had to pay attention. And we had to get them some training. Yep. Yep. It becomes, it, you know, depending on the person, it becomes this kind of like competition. It's like, there's only room for me here. There's right. only room for me at the top. You know, they've done studies that show that, you know, I, as we know, black hair in the work in the workforce has been an issue for forever, right? Um, people who are natural, black women who have natural hair are seen as unprofessional. Huh. So there have been studies that have been done that have shown that white women view that as unprofessional significantly more than white men. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there, there are definitely times that the that white women um, hold black women to a, a, a higher standard and a more um, white normalized standard than white men. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So how can how can the leader who knows they're in a problem situation, who and let's just hypothetically for this one, we'll say they're a white male. Right. They're a white male. They're aware this is a problem. They're aware they need to make a change. They're aware they got to facilitate something. But being a white male, that's going to be a part of the problem of facilitate. What do they do? How do they make it smooth for everybody? Ask for help. I mean, it's one of the things, right, where that's right. I would never expect a white male to be able to say, I can fix the diversity issues in my organization. Like that would be silly. He doesn't have the experience, the tools, the nothing. Right. So ask for help. Um, and I've actually had clients who have come to me that have said, 
I recognize that this is an issue, not just in my company, but in myself. And I need some help moving past this. Yeah, I think that that's what you hit on something. Everybody has to realize that everybody is racist. Everybody right. is sexist. Right. I mean, it's just, to what degree? To what right? degree? Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, that's right. right. And everybody's kind of nationalistic. So those are all things that, you know, um, people have to be aware of. So what do you think is going to happen to the workforce in the next three to five years? Oh, gosh, I, I, have, I have tons of crazy theories. I, 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 I don't know if there's going to be. So like, there's never been such a big, clear divide between the haves and the have nots as right. there is right now. Right. So part of me is like, you know, is there going to be like the great revolt and the have nots are finally going to say, we don't have to take this. We don't have to live like this. Um, so is there going to be like a, a, a reckoning coming or something like that? Right. Uh, because I think that, you know, for the people that say, you know, race isn't the issue, class is, I would say that they are, they are both issues. Yeah. And if, if because class is the, 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 the bigger thing, right? Right. There are much fewer rich people than there are, you know, people like, like you and I, like just, you know, people that are just living life, right? I had, to up, I, had to, I had to give up my private jet. It was a tough thing. Exactly. I, I, I And I've only gone to the south of France three times this year. So, you know, exactly. living at the bottom. <laughs> but if, if the people like us, you know, all got together and said there, there needs to be a change, yeah. we could make change. Right. But it's a matter of people getting past their racism and getting past their, you know, I'm one smart idea away from getting rich because you know what buddy you're you're not um and just get together and make the change that needs to be made do you think work from for home is a positive thing or a negative thing or a neutral thing for people of color i hadn't thought of this until just right so now it's, it's, that's very interesting that you say that because i have friends who have said that they have no desire to go back to work because they don't want to deal with the white people anymore that totally makes sense because then you know you you can you can actually get more done and not have to deal with it. That's why I was asking. Right, because there, well, I mean, there's you get to be with your family, which is what I think. Right, right. There's so many microaggressions. Right, people don't understand that oh, a black person going into the white workforce every day, you have to put on armor. Like you have let's to let's ready yourself. Let's spend a little time on microaggressions because the word gets thrown around. People don't necessarily right. understand it. And why don't you just, if you can give maybe one, two, up to three examples of micro right. that you've had to deal with and yep. how you've worked around them and what it is and why it's a problem. Yep. So one of the, one of the microaggressions is, you know, when people are like, oh, you don't sound black. What? What the hell is that? <laughs> you like, don't sound black. Right. Right. I'm like, I'm sorry that that's you a macro, your... that's a macro aggression. That's not a micro aggression. <laughs> that's what people say. And I literally will say to them, Oh, I'm sorry that you get your view of black people from watching Empire, but you know, that's not a full view. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah, I get that a lot. Or or I've been in meetings and people are like, Well, you know what? You don't think like the rest of them. Oh, well, that's just flat out racist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just that, say talk to the rest of them. And that, that, yeah. Yeah, that happens. It that happens multiple times. Again, you know, and that's 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 
macroaggression, not a microaggression. This is why this is my yeah. problem with the term microaggressions. These to me are <laughs> macro. They're not micro. Yeah. Yeah. Another, that's a that's a big one. Yeah. What's another one? You know, and then like the, the hair thing. I, I I there's a reason why I am not natural going into the workforce because I it's yeah. I have a temper. And it's not something that I want to deal with because I do remember going to work with natural hair and people being like, oh my God, why didn't you do your hair today? Um, Bitch, I did. Um, (laughs) Bitch, I did. (laughs) Right. My new business called Bitch, I did. (laughs) Bitch, please. It's those things. Or, you know, and then the the famous summer one. Oh my God, Tamika, this summer I'm going to be as dark as you. No, you're not. Oh. Like, let's, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, white people need to do a little bit of homework. Yeah. And it's, it's just a thing about understanding that experiences differ, right? Yeah. There's some people who think that because they haven't experienced something, it doesn't exist. No, you're, you're right. And you know, because we know each other, you know that I grew up in a mostly black neighborhood. So I right. was a minority in it. But I mean, I, I never... I never will know what it's like to live life as a black person because I'm not black. Right. Right. I saw a lot of the injustices that were done. I saw a lot of the treatment, right? So I, I can get that and I can be uh, an ally and an advocate, but I will never have the direct. And there, there are some people whose life experiences help them be a better ally. One of my very best friends grew up in South Africa, like during apartheid. Right. And so That's she comes here. Yeah, and so she thinks like she comes here and everyone's like, oh, America, the land is free, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, holy shit, like this is like the most racist. And so she's like freaking out because like she's been really stressed out these last few years because she doesn't want, she knows how bad things can get. Yeah, well, that's right. Because you, you, she's escaped one thing, which is, and, right. and you can easily right. see it potentially happening here. Right. You know. I mean, and, and so it's, yeah, so her perspective is quite a lot different than a lot of other people's. And so she's a, a great ally. One right. of my other very best friends, she's a great ally as well, but it's, it's, it's a process, right? It's growth. There's still things that she'll say. And I'm like, dude, that was racist as fuck. And she's like, ooh, yeah, it was. But you have to be able to have those conversations with people. Yeah, and that's what it comes I think back that's, to. That's an important, yeah, it's okay to make mistakes as long as you're right. correcting them. But, you know. Right. And because you're right. You may not realize, oh, that was racist or that was insensitive right. or, right. I mean, or, I said or that was sexist or whatever. Right. Like every, no one's perfect. Everyone is going to say something damaging at, at some point or several things damaging, but it's, it's what you do next that matters. Yeah. I think, I just think it's going to be, uh, I mean, I, I do hope it gets better. I just think it's going to be difficult for everybody over the next couple of years because yeah. and I partly of what you just said in the, in, at the root of it has nothing to do with color or sex, but it has to do with the have and have not issue. Mm-hmm. And as the, as the middle class kind of realizes they're not really a middle class. Right. You know, right. Um, oh yeah. You can get a couple extra lattes, but right. going to, that's going to become a bigger issue. Yeah. Absolutely. What about, what about, what about, what about, this let's flip it a little bit what about female companies that then try to hire all females or 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 companies of color where they try to you know uh, mm-hmm. the same what what's what issues do you see with that 
So I see the same issue with that that I see with, you know, if it's all white males, you don't have enough perspectives to make better decisions. But I can see why people would want to do that because after a while you're like, I am so sick of working with these dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, So you do it out of that, like that desperation and that just wanting to be I think that's right. I think the desperate choices become more desperate situations. Right, right. So you try to create this safe space, but by creating that safe space, you're you're accidentally doing the same thing of losing the perspectives that you may need in order to be successful as an organization. We always used to like to have an unsafe place too at the office. (laughs) A little contact though. You have to have both, safe and unsafe. Uh, Because- it's just, it's just tricky. I mean, look, the bottom line is it's tricky. If you're a leader, you have, you cannot ignore this stuff and right. it has a direct impact on your business growth. Yep. And if you don't, I think if you don't find a creative way into these conversations, and I don't mean like a funny thing, I mean, I mean, creative, like how are you going to bring everybody into the conversation? Right. How is everybody going to get heard? And, you know, how are you going to take actionable steps? That's kind of what you got. Right. Nothing will get solved without a conversation. Yeah. So what would you want somebody who listened all the way up to this part of the podcast? What would you want them to take away from this episode? What would be your uh, uh, piece of advice? My piece of advice would be to stop asking for people who have experienced racism or experienced some sort of discrimination to make their complaints and their asks more tolerable for you, right? Mm. So if I say to someone, what you did is racist, and they like flip out like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that to me. Uh, my message doesn't have to, be, have to be palatable to you, right? Like you did the wrong thing. Right. So stop asking for people to tone down their message, make it more palatable. You know, I heard someone wanted to change microaggressions or micro triggers. Well, <laughs> no, no. Like the problem does not lie with the person who, has been hurt. Right. They shouldn't have to change their language. Yeah, so the, victim, the victim, the victim shouldn't have to be right, right. <laughs> yeah. So the people who are who are doing these things, even if they're doing it, you know, completely unknown to themselves, just take it. Yeah. Take it the way that it is, sit with it if you have to, and ask for help. Yeah, that's great. Uh, thank you for uh, you know love having you on the show. It was a great conversation. Thank you and I, I I can't wait to see you. I am definitely putting together a retreat. I will be awesome. seeing you next year. Yeah, awesome. It's awesome. happening. <laughs>